Nonprofit governance. Nonprofit answers. Nonprofit board. Nonprofit management. Nonprofit marketing. Nonprofit resources. Welcome to Nonprofit Everything, the podcast where hosts Andy Shurek and Stacy Wedding answer your questions about all things nonprofit. Welcome to the Nonprofit Everything podcast. I'm Andy Shurek. I'm joined by my super fantastic co-host, Stacey Wedding, and we're here to answer anything and everything about nonprofits. So usually the way this works is that we get questions from you, our listeners, and we do our best to either answer them or we drag in a guest expert and see if they can answer them better than we could, which in the answer to that is almost always yes. Today's going to be a little bit different. At the beginning of this month, Stacy and I were at the AN conference, the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits conference in Las Vegas. Stacy was the keynote speaker in the morning. And one of the things that we did is we set up a little table, we threw some microphones down, and we said, hey, come talk to us. And we talked to a handful of really interesting people, people that are in the trenches doing really interesting nonprofit work. So we hope you enjoy this. It's going to be a little bit different today. And let us know how you like it. Stacy and I really enjoyed doing this. This was a lot of fun having direct feedback with people and being able to communicate with them. We thought that was really neat. And if you like it, heck, we'll do more of it. Just let us know. The way you can contact us is at nonprofiteverything.com. You can go to the website. There's an ask us a question button. There's a feedback button. Or you can just send an email to questions at nonprofiteverything.com and either ask us a question, send us a comment. If you ask us a question, keep listening because we will probably answer it in a couple of weeks. Also in the midst of big changes, both programmatically because of changing labor laws requirements and then also programmatic changes coming down from Medicaid. So there's a lot of change right now, and we're trying to capitalize on that by, by changing some elements of our company culture. Um, but then also, we don't want to lose who we are. So we want to we ditch the bad and replace with good, but then also not lose sight of who we are as an organization. Um, you know, and we, we, we're doing what we can by leading from example from the top down, but then how do we also support those cultural shifts from the bottom up? So when you say culture, though, like, what do you, because culture is like one of those words that people use to apply to like everything, right? Yeah. right? It yeah. could be pay scale. It could be how people treat each other. It could be a weird, like we're, we're used to a hierarchical system and we're trying to go to more of a HR network model. Yeah. Like when, when you what say culture, when you say culture, what do you mean? You. Right. So I think some of it is, uh, is holding people accountable because um, there's, there's not enough accountability in terms of uh, getting people to follow, follow up, follow through. Um, but also being empathetic to one another and really having that team camaraderie. We do. We have five different locations, so it is. It's a little um, tribal, I guess. So having people actually come together across sites and support each other, um, so it isn't. It isn't just quite so segregated, site by site by site. That's super hard when you have like multiple locations because people don't see each other, and like even in even in something like a food bank, right? You have. You have the carpet people and you have the concrete people and they like and they're different and they yeah. don't. And the, you know, the concrete people come in at five o'clock in the morning and the carpet people come in at 10. And there's this really like difference between the way they feel like they're being treated. Right. Do you have opportunities where you bring all of them together? Like, is there ever an opportunity where all the sites come together? 
Um, we have staff trainings uh, every other month, and it, sometimes we try to bring everybody together at our biggest building, but it gets a little hairy because it's, it, it turns into a high school classroom and people socialize more than they do, you know, pay, pay attention sometimes. Um, we are starting to do more after-hours events that are volunteer for, for both the staff and the, the clients. Uh, movie nights, uh, dances, that kind of more recreational activity so, so staff can volunteer their time to, to, to work at those events and mix that way. Um, it's, it's just really challenging beyond that because it's such a large group that we just don't physically have space to, to do anything together. Yeah. And then if we do, it's, um, the objectives are more training that are required and they're boring and they're dry and they're time consuming and it's not, we haven't really done a lot of actual team building. Because people are, you know, a little clicky and they just stick to their own little groups. Um, and there just isn't enough time to do the more fun recreational team building and bonding. Um, it's, it's all just focused on what do we need to cover today in terms of the training topics. I mean, I listen to it and I think about a few things that come to mind. So last night at the mixer, I thought it was cool how they gave us these little colored chips and you know if you got to sign the pink chip you were at the pink table if you got to sign the green chip you're at the green table and I was thinking to mix up the people so that they're not all staying in their teams could you do something fun like that to kick it off maybe you've got the training element and could you bookend it at the end of it where you say hey we're all, we're gonna have time to socialize but we gotta accomplish two things here right like we're gonna do the training and we're gonna have time to socialize after um, like, I feel like then, does that accomplish both goals for you? Would, would that work, do you think, for I the think, team? I think that would work in helping to build camaraderie. I think it's, it's and we were just talking in the strategic planning, well, that's, that's fantastic, but then where's the strategic doing? So everybody goes back to their own little site, and then that accountability element, it, it doesn't quite have the attention. As it's it, the longevity there to keep people accountable. Um, and because there are those sort of the hierarchy levels that as, uh, as a co-executive director, I can keep my managers accountable, and, but then how do they keep their staff accountable? So when I'm hearing about shortcomings on the staff performance, okay, what are you doing to hold them accountable? Oh, well, I don't know. Um, so that, that element is, is a lot harder. I was going to say, one of the things that, that I think has worked, I've seen work well, is making sure that folks are like totally connected to the mission like giving them opportunities to see how, and, and you may already be doing this, to see how the, the dumb work that they're doing right now has an actual impact on people's lives. Because that's like, like, so when I was at the food bank, there was, you know, I was, I'm the, I was the finance guy. So I'm like locked in an office and I'm staring at Excel all day and it was terrible, right? And I would get annoyed because people wouldn't do their job and pay attention to the budgets and they wouldn't listen and it's really annoying. Why aren't they doing their job? And for me, getting all the way down to being able to work with clients would refocus me onto like, oh, okay, I get it. Some things are going to suck. Some things are going to be unpleasant, but this is why we're doing it. This is why, this is, these are the positive outcomes that you're getting from, the, from working at a nonprofit. Because that's like one of the opportunities we have at a nonprofit is like, you're not just like lying in dude's pocket. Like the purpose of showing up for work isn't just to make somebody rich. It's the like, it's like to do good. And if you can find a way to get everybody connected to that good, I think you start to see, at least we did, we started to see everybody kind of working together because we kind of realized we were all on the same road, looking for the same goal. Uh, have you done stuff like that? Uh, 
probably um, <laughs> because we're so spread out. It's it is a little difficult for us to get to each site. Um, you know, making time for that. We're, we're working on getting better at that and kind of connecting one on one with the staff more. Um, I I think kind of to pivot to a, a sort of different question in terms of like assessing assessments. I'm, I am a bit of an Excel nerd. I love data. I love metrics. So how do you even assess something as intangible as a culture and figure out what people like, what people don't like, and what you're missing? Um, are, are there tools you know that are that are out there beyond just the show, shove somebody a Survey Monkey email and hope that they respond? And yeah, I've seen like so. Do you like one ED I had was really good at this, and what he used to do was he would just like pick a random group of employees and like take them to breakfast. So not like somebody's team, like he would just like pick out of a hat these five random people from five different roles and they just all go to breakfast and just talk. And he was really good. I mean, he was, I mean, in my opinion, he was went beyond what he probably should do in like getting in people's lives. But he was really good at like making sure that everybody had an opportunity to feel like they were comfortable enough to talk to the ED about like, this is, this is how I feel, right? And with a group of people that it isn't their supervisor, they don't feel like they're being, you know, and some people just shut up. You know, the drivers wouldn't talk to anybody, right? They're just like, well, I just drive a truck, right? But then there was, you know, other people that felt like close enough to him to be able to say things to him that would then trigger, you know, less, less, because surveys are like, surveys are hard. I don't know that. Stacey, have you seen a good survey for culture? I haven't. I think it's more, no. I mean, I think it's tough because you kind of need a baseline. And some of this is, in, it's not easy to measure it or metrics. But that baseline of if it is those conversations or if it is, if it is four questions for those who maybe are uncomfortable in that setting but feel like they have some anonymity with a survey, asking these broad questions about, you know, what is it that you know, you like about this work environment? What are, you know, what are your favorite things? What are things that if you could change our work environment, you would change? I just asked those questions yesterday at a retreat I facilitated and it literally, like everybody was unstoppable because they were just hungry to share because they're not asked those kinds of questions, right? And so you could probably mix it up, do part survey, do part, you know, in-person conversations, small group conversations, just for format so people can start to connect. And then you kind of track that over time. It's not just a one-time thing, right? Like maybe you do that in January and then you revisit it, you know, just check in with people regularly. How are we moving the dial? And you'll have a sense as the leader, oh, it really was bad back here, but we're starting to hear some positive things. And I think that's a piece of it. I think accountability is a whole other separate session, like, you know, way to tackle this. That if everyone, if there's team goals, sometimes you see accountability, culture of accountability, have the team come up with their own goals as a team. Hey, what can, you know, that you may or may not like, but it's getting them working as a team and saying, all right, great. So like track your team goals and the team who reaches their goals gets a pizza party, whatever, like, you know, something, but there's like whatever that incentive is, but something that gets people starting to work as a team and say, oh, how am I doing? And if I don't hold my weight, my team doesn't actually get the party or whatever it is that's that nugget you know so that's just a few things I'm, I would share I think that the fact that you're talking about it and you're asking the question means you're like 90% of the way there like just being aware of it and saying this is something I need to address is like that's the hard part like yeah. the addressing is like you'll figure it out yeah because yeah. one other question then in terms of you know rewarding that success is that 
the motivate the things that motivate people are, are it's all over the board so some people need that carrot but some people need the stick yep. and how do you figure out who is who and how do you be you know equitable and, and, and non-biased in, in how you consequence different actions yeah so that's that's definitely something we're, we're, we're navigating that sounds like a out. fun challenge it it does. that's why you're the ed <laughs> half of the ed <laughs> <laughs> i've got my other half as well cool well i'm gonna go learn more about awesome. culture awesome. Do thank, that. thank you very much guys cool Um, we are a nonprofit focused on ending cycles of houselessness, um, and I use houses instead of homeless. It's like to give it. I think a lot of houseless people they do have home in their communities. They just don't have shelter. Um, so, um, but we also offer transitional housing to age-out foster youth and wraparound services, so therapy, job, uh, workforce development, um, entrepreneurship program, and then. Almost two years ago, we opened up a store to um, it's a consignment shop. Yeah. Wow, you do a lot of different things. It sounds like. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. just making it all like in home. Yeah. So instead of like sourcing out, I I want to partner with other organizations, but I think sometimes like they come into our homes and they're aged out of foster care. They don't want to have to go here and yeah. there to get resources, and we can provide them all in one place. What is your role in the organization? Um, I am actually CEO as of June. Awesome! Awesome! Yeah. Congratulations! Yes. We're a small org though, so it wasn't it wasn't a huge. It's ladder. still cool. It's still good. It's still cool. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know if you've ever listened, but so we we're on what year number four, five? Yeah, like this fourth or fifth year. Fourth, fifth year. Hundred and fifty episodes. Yeah, yeah, and Andy and I co-host it. So the format is people write in or send in, find us, and say, "Hey, I have this question, and can you answer it?" And so we either try to take a stab at answering it, or we'll bring in a guest expert who will come in and answer it. Just it's. I kind of joke and say it's like uh, pro bono free advice counsel from people who have been, I don't know, around the block or pretend to be around the block, right? So, like, we, yeah, so, yeah, I was like, you know, um, anyway, so, yeah, I wonder in, you know, just kind of your role and what you do, do you ever run into, are there any kind of questions that are top of mind for you at the conference, you know, as you think about things? Like, when we're talking about, like, building an organization. Yeah, yeah. Do you run into questions around that? Yeah. Okay. So, I would lo- we'd love to hear one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never been CEO before, right? I've never, I'm fairly young. I resonated with your story a lot, right? So, like, being a hard worker and then, like, oh, you should actually do this. And then you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And so, one of the things I know is, like, I know that partnerships are important and, you know, not just relying on grant, you know, government funding to fund an organization if you want to see it grow. So, like, what does it look like to to build an organization for donor sponsorships? So, like, is that like I find somebody at MGM and I'm asking them for money in an email or in person, or am I like building a relationship for six months? Like, what what does that really look like? And I think that like everyone tells you like, oh, like you need to do this, but no one like 
there's not like a, a necessary blueprint and I'm like I'll go meet with them but what, what's the next step you know yeah yeah I, do you want to answer or yeah I think so I mean you're you're probably already doing a lot of the stuff that you're supposed to be doing which is executing on your mission like you know what your organization's supposed to do and so like the first thing is making sure that you're doing it really really well right like do the best that you can and then the trick is finding people that are re- that resonate with your mission, that like like what you're doing and how you're doing it, and getting them to be ambassadors for you. Because one of the, the hardest thing is for you, you've got you've got an organization to run, right? The hardest thing for you is to like carve out time to like go to MGM and like have conversations with people who may or may not be interested in what you're doing, right? They're like, so that's like it's like a cold call, like where you just walk in and you're like here, I do this, give me some money. They're like, no, thank you. You know, like, you just wasted your time. But if you, like, spend time cultivating people, like, do you have opportunities for volunteers to work with you? Do you have volunteer stuff people can do? We do. We have them work mostly in our store and in our homes, but I've never considered volunteers other than doing anything outside of that, though. So but so the volunteers, they, the only reason they continue to volunteer for you is because they like your mission. They're, like, into what you're doing, Right. And then they're the ones that are good at helping you identify like, oh, I also work at MGM, like, or I also work at this other place and they're giving some money away. And so you use their connections to get you to the person because then they become sort of your ambassador because they're really, they're the ones that are already bought in. And that's going to be for you to convince somebody like a third party that to give you money. That's hard for them to do it. It's a lot easier because they've already got that connection. So you work on those like sort of intermediate connections with those people that are already invested with you is a really I think it's a faster way and then you're focused and then you can spend time focusing on what you're doing which you know the volunteers are executing the mission so you can focus on making those volunteers better right and then slowly like you know get get grant opportunities and talk to other people that may be interested in your mission that they then know right like like you're expanding your network outward slowly right it's a slow process but And I think I would add to that and say, I think there is some degree of, let's say you come up with a wish list of, oh, I keep hearing about these five funders that everyone talks about they get money from, right? And so doing a little bit of legwork up front, checking out their website, doing your basic research and homework saying, does my mission, my organization's mission fall within some of the areas that they're interested in funding and supporting because if it doesn't don't waste your time at all right like that's sort of the first step and you do that and then let's say you do say oh like i i'm really aligned with this company and like it i think that there's a natural fit um then it's about oftentimes if you can find a contact name and sometimes that takes a little more research because they don't always have the contact names readily available but you find the contact and reach out and say let them know you've already done your homework because nobody is like otherwise they'll just say go to the website right so you kind of say hey I checked out your website I see some connection here can I have five or ten minutes of your time because they're busy you're busy right can I have just ten minutes of your time and just sort of share a little bit more about ways, ask you a few questions and share more about how we can work together. Because when you actually ask them questions, like what is the favorite, what is the best, is there a project that you really feel good about that you funded? Why? Why did you feel great about funding that project, right? You start to get inside their brain a little bit about what is it that makes them tick? What is it that makes them want to fund that organization? And so from there, then you can kind of 
build from that. But again, you're sort of aligning. It's not kind of like what do I what do we call it? Um, it's sort of like I joke and say it's I pardon the expression, but it's kind of like diary of the mouth where you just give them all this stuff right like all at once like you're like listen to all the amazing things we're doing and then they go whoa 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 right like that's a lot like like that's a lot to process so you're sort of trying to narrow down what is it they're looking for what is it you can kind of share with them that's a good match with that so you're not giving them information overload if that makes sense it does yeah. Have you done Have you done any of that kind of stuff so far, or are you just in that process? I, talking about MGM, I have a meeting with them two weeks. Okay. But then I'm like, as I'm prepping for this meeting, I'm like, am I going to go here and be like, hey, this is what I do, and I want to make room for partnership, or am I going there with an ask? Yeah. And I don't, and I don't even know if that's what's established in our conversation. Like, we've had a conversation like, oh... Like, I, I met her, like, months ago, last year, beginning of last year, and I was like, hey, like, oh, you're interested in this? I have Oregon that does the same thing. Um, we should talk. And she blew me off for, like, six months. And then last week, she was like, hey, I remember you. What are you doing? Let's go out for coffee and talk. That's a really good sign. If that she's is. reaching back out to you, that's a really good sign. And I would absolutely be prepared with an ask. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, am I supposed to be relationship building or am I? Because when we talked last time, she was just like, yeah, like, you guys have a donation center. I'll, we do this thing every year where a whole bunch of basically rich folks get together and donate clothes to somebody. And she was like, oh, yeah, we would love to do that for you. So she said the beginning of la- this year, but we don't, that's not us. We don't need that. We don't need right. clothes. We have garages full of donations I need, I, I need money <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's everybody right yeah, yeah for sure um, so I'm like what, so I'm just really like I was like I'm gonna go but I'm like do I ask for money do I like just offer room for her to say what they have capacity to do or like but that's good to ask the questions too. I'd be honest, right? So if she comes and says, like, we've got all these clothes and we want to give you a bunch of clothes, like, it's okay to say, thank you. We don't really need clothes. <laughs> we need, you know, here's what, like Stacy said, here's what we actually need. And, you know, 99% of the time it's going to be cash to be able to pay the electric bill or do some other thing that's not super sexy. But, like, being able to sort of change the situation where she, you know, yeah, it's really easy for her to give clothes, but that's nothing. Like anybody can do that. What's gonna make what's gonna make your gift gonna be the one that's gonna put us over the edge, that's gonna make us do do really good things. Right? So don't be afraid to ask. You're not gonna offend her. She already knows what she's in. She's talking to a nonprofit. She already knows what she's in for, right? She's not gonna be surprised if you say, you know what we need is money, right? She's expecting that. So like, you know, obviously you're gonna be respectful. You're not gonna come in like, you know, like a rhinoceros, right? But you're going to, but, but be totally honest and don't be afraid that you're going to offend her or hurt her feelings or something. If you talk about like, this is the reality of our situation and this is how you can help us. They want that truthfulness because so many times in their role, they are getting all of the, you know, flowers and sunshine and you're just kind of, and you're like, they want to hear, here's my biggest struggle. Here's if this would be a game changer. If MGM could fund this, this would be a game changer for us. Like this is what that would look like. Right. And, and then maybe 
exploring how much they are looking for a gift is are they looking to make kind of more of that outright you know a gift of something tangible or are they willing to do funding and sort of that's where I think you have to almost go in with be prepared for the ask but you need to be able to pivot to a couple of different situations all are things that your organization needs right to Andy's point right but you've got to be willing to pivot because you don't know if she's gonna if you know this person's going to say to you, no, like we need to start with just giving you an in-kind donation of, you know, X, right? This tangible item. But down the road, once we do that, maybe we can look at something else. You just want to be prepared with a few different options so you can kind of pivot if the conversation goes there, right? And they'll probably stop you if they're like, no, we're not, this is just an exploratory, like relationship-based conversation. They'll let you know. And then you say, okay, so so what is the best way to move this forward with you, right? So always kind of going back to asking those questions. Um, so let them be the guide and tell you where they want to take it. So, yeah. That's solid, that's solid. Yeah, I have a lot of those meetings in the next two, three weeks. And it's not kind of, I appreciate what you're saying. It's not one size fits all, right? You hear relationship build, relationship build, relationship build. We both know funders that they they don't want to relationship build. They're like, I don't have time to relationship build. I want you to just get to the ask or submit a grant proposal to us, right? So you've got to find that out. Like, are they the ones that want to be cultivated a little bit? I mean, when you think about... I liken it to, like, you don't just go on the street and find someone to say, hey, can we be married? Like, so generally, you don't jump, you know, headfirst into just, I need funding. But the fact that she initiated this meeting with you really sets us apart and makes it different than what mo- most people don't experience that. Most people are getting the same thing you experience, sort of the runaround, or they don't hear back for months because it just is the reality of the situation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for this. Can we talk about inclusive strategic planning? I'll keep it short and I will just say that in the last two rounds of strategic planning, we have not knocked it out of the park. And um, it is now um, squarely on my shoulders. I've had a huge part in the last two, but I was not leading the process. Um, I think the thing, too, as so that's one thing. And then another part of it is that, you know, we have got some uh, survey results back indicating that we don't do um, great at inclusivity. And so um, I want to marry those two things together. And so I know the obvious answer is maybe we'll go ask them, but what is strategy can I do, ideas you might have, to help get high quality uh, information out of people, to uh, really hear them, not just make them feel heard. Um, there's a lot in this, so I'm kind of you know stuttering a little bit here, but um, I just want to have the process of finding out what are the things that we're doing great? What are the things we're not doing great? Um, in my opinion, nobody knows um, our, our organization better than our frontline staff. Um, how do I elevate those voices and create a platform for them to um, inform us on what we should be doing? I feel like there needs to be some vulnerability and transparency up front. So when you go into this process, and it's sometimes a train-the-trainer mode, so the people who are 
have the trust or the direct relationship with the people you're looking to try to get all the feedback from, almost helping them understand here's why why this process is important. Important. Here's what we haven't done well in the past and we're looking to change it and making sure that actually gets addressed because otherwise people are going to be like, I'm not bought into this because it's the same old process, different day. Why does it matter? Like those are important. I think the why behind why does it matter? We haven't done as well as we could have. We're looking to change that. Here's what this process looks like. Here's what's going to happen after you share your feedback, right? Like walking them through a little bit so they don't feel like they're just kind of spinning their wheels. And then I think it's doing, using language that they can relate to. Using language, so so many times typical strategic planning people use the language, what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? What are our opportunities? What are our threats? And the reality is people don't oftentimes connect with that language. So I think sometimes it's about framing it in a different way, like, what do we do? What are we kicking ass at? I mean, you know, what are we doing that we're just rocking it? Like that you're proud of and you're like, yeah. What is it that we seem like, geez, it's a struggle. It's a pain point. Like, so being very kind of conversational about it. Surveys are tough because surveys I have found, and I've done a lot of this work over the years where surveys only get me so much. Like having a conversation, I can dig. If I'm facilitating, dig a little more and say, so I'm here in this common theme. And it starts to help craft it. I also think most people, particularly I mean, it's hard enough to get high-level leaders at an organization to think strategically. Not everyone's wired that way. And then, you know, this is a new way of thinking for people at different levels of the organization. And so I think it's it's also about being realistic about maybe giving them, you know, saying, hey, we're going to have this conversation. Here's some things we want you to think about in advance for those who need that. Um, and just kind of making it not intimidating, but also making them see this is what's going to be done with it. I think that's important. Otherwise, it's like, yep, another exercise in futility. And I think that just kind of unravels it. One of the other challenges in bigger organizations, too, is like the the goal that they're measured by is so far away from the input. Like right. the, the people don't necessarily see what their contribution, how that how that reaches whatever that official metric is because I mean they're they're an, they may be an important cog but they don't necessarily see that like how like what they're you know what however much how many calls they're supposed to make in a week or whatever their metric is like how that actually ends up with like whatever this giant fluffy goal that the organization has put as like you know to to reach their mission so that distance is really far and can be kind of demoralizing I think that's one thing. Yeah. Like the other thing is some of the other things we've seen is like this. Some of this is a symptom of something else. So it feels like disengagement. It feels like cultural problem. It feels like they're not not connecting with their strategic plan goals. But the reality is, is that they're not being paid a survivable wage. They're being paid so low that they're taking like their daily stress and that just kind of rolls into the rest of the organization. And so they're not they're never going to perform because they're getting paid nothing. And it's sort of the organization's like, well, we're a nonprofit. It's really hard. And yet the executive director is getting paid plenty. Right. Mm-hmm. And so and in, in organizations like looking at that and making sure that we've got not just paying a living wage, that you're actually paying a good wage for that job so that they want to stay there because they feel like they're being valued. And that's the way they see value. They, don't, they may not connect as much 
especially like on those frontline employees, they might not necessarily connect as much. You get desensitized after a while to like, you know, the mission. Okay, great. We're helping more people. Yes, I do it all day, every day. Like it doesn't, it's my bucket is already full there. What I really need (laughs) is a bigger apartment, (laughs) right? Or whatever that other thing is that you can't necessarily provide them except through cash. So that's the other thing that we've seen that's like a side problem. Yeah. That's all good and very interesting things to think about. Yeah, one of the ideas, preliminary ideas I have is, um, you know, we're still a young nonprofit in general, but um, I think there's a lot of things that we need to absolutely just hit stop on, you know, not just pause, but really like completely stop and look at our processes and our people and how we're treating them and things like employee retention and engagement and all of that kind of stuff. And, but really like those three P's of business, people, process and product, you know, and, um, I, I told them at the last leadership meeting, I said, I want you to be thinking about, and actually I said the word future too. So I gave them those four words to think about, but, um, what I want them to do is come to our next leadership meeting and, um, we're obviously going to brainstorm together. I love your ideas about like, I actually never thought about letting them have event session. They hate yeah. our strategic plans. They hate them. They feel right. disconnected they from them. They, totally they hate do. the work plans. They hate all of it. And so I want to bring them into a room and say, tell me all the things Don't that you Don't call hate. it strategic planning. That's my other piece of advice. Like just as a quick live example, like I, the other day, and it wasn't really, this wasn't, the goal wasn't strategic planning. I facilitated a retreat and what part of the goal was to talk about like what is the real feedback when the head honchos aren't there what is the reality of what people are thinking they're not asked they're never asked that they're not going to say it honestly in the room because they feel like they could you know that could jeopardize something so I just brought up the question I said so what would make this a better work environment what would make this a better workplace for you and it was literally, I had to fight to get them to stop because they couldn't say it enough, they couldn't say it quickly enough and they all were united in it. And then they started naturally coming up with ideas and like, you know, if we could change this. And I was like, so would you be willing to be part of helping make that change happen? And they were like, yeah. So like Congratulations, I've, you're on the strategic plan. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, right? But anyway, so like I feel like it's got to be that kind of feeling to it, safe, Maybe it's, a, it's, it's someone outside of the organization that doesn't know them and then summarizes because they need to be able to speak candidly. Yeah, we've actually already banned the word work plan. We're not oh, good. Well, I haven't renamed the strategic plan. I didn't actually think about that, but because we had so much traction around not using the word work plan that I was like, okay, we're making progress here. You know, but and then in that meeting, I, I want to um, give them time to write. I want them to write their own strategic planning questions to then take to their teams that are not high level and detached and they feel relatable. I'm going to say things like, think about how your staff talks, use that language to craft these questions so that when you're talking to them about these things, it feels incredibly tangible and relatable to the things that they're doing. Um, And then you have to take that information and then roll that back up to us and then a bigger, you know, to help fulfill, to answer some of these bigger picture questions. But um, I don't want to get this wrong because I feel like we, again, have made some major failures in the past, even with well-intentioned people. You know, you think you're doing the best that you can. And um, but I just want this. I want to be able to walk down the hall and any single person stop them and say, were you able to answer a question or did you get to sit in a meeting about strategic planning? Maybe I'm going to rename it now. Um, 
And, uh, you know, and maybe not everybody feels comfortable. Maybe, and I don't want to do a survey at all, but uh, we had talked about doing an anonymous version, like, hey, you're in a, a group right. of 20, so you didn't feel comfortable saying it. Well, here's the... And I think that's fine, too, yeah, right? Like way yeah, way to just still submit it, you know, but... Um, I want every person to be able to say, like, I had a hand in this or I got to contribute something. And um, But just those really simple questions. Are you proud of the work that you do? What are the barriers that you ex experience here? Why do you think your staff keeps leaving you? Not that one. That might be triggering, but you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a good question, though. It's a yeah. really good question. Yeah. So, but I just want it to be inclusive and I want it to feel good and I want people to feel like they have a real buy-in on the process. But... And I really do think, though, living in, I don't know how well you all have done in the past, but like thinking about how you live and breathe it after the plan gets created, how you go back and re literally report out to them like you're like they're your customer and saying, hey, so just to share with you, here's where we landed. Here's where your feedback came into play to help shape this. Here's why, like helping make those connections. So again, they see where their feedback is listened to and and it may be in a very tactical part of the action plan but that's okay at least they had a voice and you can be like look at the action plans that were built out like we've got several of the ideas you all came up with or whatever like people need to feel like their time was respected and that doesn't happen in a lot of strategic planning or then it gets put on the bookshelf and no one ever talks about it and doesn't impact a performance objective so how do you really like integrate this internally in a way that it's more than just hey here's a bunch of goals that the execs you know, the higher, higher ups do. Yeah. Somebody made for you. Yeah. I got to say the fact that you're doing this is amazing. It is. I mean, that's like, I'm excited. It really is like the, probably the number of organizations that are thinking about strategic planning that way, holistically with the entire organization involved is got to be single digits. Oh, it is single. It's, it's like, so rare. Cause it's always, it's either board directed yep. and the staff has like no input or yeah, it's executive directed and they just kind of kind of pull it together and say this is probably where we're going to end up so this is what we're going to do. Am I about to step into a landmine? I don't think so. I think I, I mean yeah. it, it's going to be hard because yeah. you're sort of you're you know you're plowing a new row. It's all completely new. You've never done it before. I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't feel bad if I didn't get it perfect. Yeah. But yeah. the fact that you're doing it is like I a mean, huge I think step forward huge, already. Huge, huge. Yeah, most people want the yeah they want the shortcut. Like most people, in my opinion, because of the work I've done with strategic planning over the years, people are like, We're "I need to do to this. I need, I'm required, so I just want to let's get th through this and get it done Someone as quickly asked for as possible." One, so well, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I get to say and provide this pretty plan to the funder. Yeah, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. Let's argue about the color of the binder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no accountability in that. No, there isn't. Nope. No sustainability. In Hmm, interesting. Um, I mean, you guys could be a model. Like, I mean, because it's yeah. so rare. I'm not. It, it really, unless it's a baby organization that's much tinier. But for an organization your size to think about it on this scale, so document your whole process. Yeah. Write a book <laughs> called Seriously Holistic Strategic Planning for people that aren't morons, and then so <laughs> and then go on a like a lecture tour. <laughs> no, to most of that, <laughs> but. Um, uh, I can have someone else write the book. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Great. Ooh, one other question I have, kind of, you know, how uh, obviously related, but the thing that you were just talking about, about using people's time and then not being a good steward of that and not yeah. saying this is how you fit into this big picture. This whole process is going to unearth, I think, a lot of feedback, good, bad, right, wrong, and crazy stuff talk, right? And so um, 
what is a good, um, do you have any advice on a good use of all of the other things, right? So when we identify themes, like in research, that's my background, you know, we can show how um, stuff that uh, goes together that people wouldn't otherwise think, because generally it is, a, you know, part of a bigger umbrella. Like, but some of those ideas won't actually get executed on in the, in the strategic plan. Any any thoughts to do on all the other good stuff that we find? Like, how what do I do? How do I operationalize or how do I move forward yeah. with really good ideas? I don't want to shelf everything for one to three years. We don't know how long this is going to be, but um, any thoughts about that? Like, we've listened to our staff. They've given us really interesting ideas. Some of them I hope we can execute on right away. Like, it doesn't need to make it to the plan, but, like, I heard that you need these 10 things and these are all cheap and let's do you know like because we're talking to all levels of staff right yeah. but i don't know i haven't I have and i think it could that. be just that like i i think just letting them know where it's going to live or where it's going to have its place because i think that sometimes what happens is it yeah it never gets followed up on because it's not part of the strategic plan and as you said some of it is like this really low-hanging fruit or these quick Oftentimes you find some of these are really easy, tactical, quick things that can move forward that aren't really, don't escalate to a strategic plan. But I think those employees aren't going to care as long as they know they were asked, they were listened to, and we're going to provide, here's what we are going to do to address that. And that's going to look like this. And we still, you know, the strategic plan needs to, is a bit larger picture, but we heard you and we hear these are real pains. So we're going to address that today. So I, I you, mean, I was going to say, what yeah. do you do when you do like, when you're doing like a strategic planning facilitation and then inevitably somebody comes up with like, what we really need is X and it doesn't fit into the process. Right. But it's not, where, what do you usually do with that? To make I mean, sure usually what forget? I do is I just make sure it's captured in writing and that there's some plan that is how or what are we going to do with this list right like so again there's built-in accountability like okay here's these ideas so who you know how are we going to divide and conquer this list that doesn't actually make it into the plan or you know it's so I don't know I haven't done much more than that just kind of like it's not my style which is uh, that's off topic we can talk about that some other time which is what they usually do right well because you still want right because you don't want to stop them right like you don't want to stop them in their tracks because then they won't yeah give the feedback so that's why I tend to be like all you know right so we're going to take it and it's almost like measuring it up front and maybe you just say listen as part of us looking at kind of our forward direction and maybe you don't call it the strategic plan and just looking at things we would love your feedback now having some higher maybe having someone in the room who can consolidate some of that into some larger picture themes for the plan great but then there's the separate kind of list of here's the 10 other things that we need to fix that we just want to make sure are taken care of. I'm almost wondering thinking through this now that if we had a very short first strategic plan and it was just like a one-year plan yeah and that we then identify the things that are then like phase two which would really just be year two or Mm -hmm. the next uh, maybe they can inform the next something but they're still relevant enough that they wouldn't be expired by the time we went to go like write a new one Mm -hmm. if that makes sense Mm I think that's smart. I think it's super smart. We see organizations that do like five-year plans. It's ridiculous. They do a five-year plan and you know like, guys, year three is wrong. Year two is wildly inaccurate. Year five is like imaginary. It's like, why are you spending your time worrying about something that couldn't possibly be right? Oh, I know. It's like, and then when we get to those plans, they are utterly useless. Yeah. Again, well-intentioned. Yeah. Useless. And you spend a lot of time trying to come up with like, 
Yeah. What are we going to do for year five when it's just, yeah, I mean, the shorter, it's a guessing the, game. and I think part of it is, I mean, you, you probably know this, part of it is that the effort that's required to generate the thing is a lot of work. And so you want to say, like, if I'm going to do this, I want this thing we're done with this artifact to last as long <laughs> as it possibly can. And so they're just trying to push the end date out as far as possible so they don't have to start the process again. But if, like, what you're saying, if you can make it not painful, something that people want to engage in, something that's like actionable and people like feel connected to like people are totally going to want to do it more often than once every three years or once every five years i think you're onto something i'm bringing them cookies you think that'll help cookies food always helps, helps. <laughs> i mean i'm not kidding it. i am doing cookies but i love silly. this <laughs> i love that you're doing that Well, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as Stacy and I enjoyed talking to folks at the conference. Again, let us know if you think this was cool and we will make an excuse to try to do it again. Otherwise, keep sending us those questions. NonprofitEverything.com is the webpage. There's a ask us a question button there. You can also send it to questions at NonprofitEverything.com. That also gets to us. Please share this episode with folks if you thought it was interesting. You can also rate us on wherever you found your podcast. There's usually a place to go and say whether you liked it or not. That's how we get more listeners, and that's kind of the goal. We want to get as many people listening to the podcast and asking us questions as we possibly can. So thanks for listening. Enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday if you're listening to this when it came out.